All right, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 this morning. Matthew chapter 6. It's a good chapter, especially the, the verses toward the end of the chapter we're going to look at, although we're only going to look at one little verse today. We're just going to kind of pluck out one little part, but this is a good section of Scripture uh, that I would encourage you to read if you've never read it before. Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 25 through 34. Uh, it's kind of one, one whole part that really needs to be read in, it, in its context if you, if you really want to study it. But there's a few little things within there that I think are important, and there's one that we're going to uh, look at today. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to just read verse 26 this morning. Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. Now, a little bit of context to kind of know what's going on in this passage. And again, uh, go back and read it for yourself if you get a chance this week. It's, it's a short passage. But in the verses before, Jesus had been talking about money and, and really the temptation that, 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 that money is for us. We may... Uh, we may want money, we may desire things, and those things often pull us away from the Lord. And Jesus said, look, you can't, a slave can't serve two masters. Sometimes we uh, get so focused on worldly, to thing, worldly things that that's where our attention goes. That's where our focus is. And Jesus said, look, if you're going to follow the Lord, you have to follow the Lord. And so there are these distractions, there are these temptations with, with worldly things, with wealth, and Jesus says, be careful that you don't fall into that trap where you begin to uh, live for the world and not for the Lord. Uh, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, the Scripture tells us. And so that's kind of the context of what Jesus is talking about before he gets into this last section of Matthew chapter 6. He had talked about, look, you can't serve two masters. You need to serve the Lord and not the things of the world. And he goes on to say a verse or two before what we're looking at this morning. He's talking about anxiety and he's talking about worrying. That's what Jesus is really uh, talking about here. He's telling those who are his followers uh, that we are not to worry, that we are not to be anxious. Now, this is, a, this is a struggle for some more than others. There may be, I would say probably in all of our lives, there is a time which we all have some anxiety and some stress and some worry. That's common to all people, although there are others that anxiety and stress and worry, uh, it, it, may, it may take more of a toll on them. We all have things that we struggle with, sins that we struggle with, and I would say that this would be a sin because Jesus tells us not to do it. And if we do something that Jesus tells us not to do, uh, I would say that that would fall into the category of exactly what sin is. And we read these words that Jesus speaks to us here, but that doesn't necessarily make our anxieties and our worries go away. Sometimes they do. Uh, perhaps uh, you may be like me, and this may be more of a struggle to you than other things. And uh, verses like these may bring you comfort. They may bring you strength. And we need to read these types of verses. We need to be reminded of them. And Jesus is giving a good reassurance to his uh, listeners here that we are not to be anxious, that we are not to worry, but we are to trust in him, that, that God is going to provide for us. And in part of what Jesus is talking about is he's giving this reassurance uh, and this, this word of encouragement, I believe we can call it, about not worrying or not being anxious. 
right in the middle of, 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 of this passage here, he says something that, that may be easy for us to overlook, but something that I think that we need to be reminded of. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, just going to pluck out this one little verse today, and really one little part of this verse to, to focus on this morning. Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Now, Jesus is speaking about the birds getting what they need and even a, a couple of verses down that uh, the plants and the grass of the field that grow, how God makes them beautiful and God takes care of them. And, and Jesus is using these illustrations for us to make a comparison. Look at what God does for the rest of his creation. Look how he takes care of the birds of the sky. Look how he takes care of the grass of the field. It's more glorious than Solomon in all of his splendor, Jesus said. Uh, the beauty of God, the creation that we see, the flowers that grow. And every year we are in winter right now. We see uh, many plants and many flowers. They die out, but what happens in the spring? They always come back. Uh, we, we take a lot of care of Michelle's plants, and we make sure we put them in safe places so they don't die. But plants are pretty tough, and plants are pretty resilient, because you look into the wild and you see all of these plants that for hundreds of years have gone through freeze after freeze after freeze. And somehow, some way, those plants are able to come back, and they come back beautiful, and God takes care of them, and he provides for them. And the birds of the air keep flying around, and the birds keep chirping, and the nests keep being built, and the eggs are laid, and new birds are born, and this has been going on from the creation of man. And God has made this good creation for us, and God takes care of his creation, and God sees that it has continued to sustain year after year after year. And in the midst of Jesus telling us that we should not worry and that we should not be anxious, Jesus says, don't you know that you are more valuable than the birds of the air? Don't you know what your value is? Now, that might be a word that we kind of skip over here, but Jesus said, don't you know what you're worth? Some of your translations may say worth. Don't you know that you have value? If God values the birds of the air and the, and the plants of the ground, how much more so does he value you? And one of the ways Jesus begins to help us deal with our anxiety and worry, one of his encouraging words here is know that you are valued in the sight of God. Let's pray and then we'll, we'll dig in. Father God, we come to you this morning and I thank you for these good words. And God, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross. And God, I pray that you just would preach to me because God, I, I preach these words this morning and, and full weakness, God, and a struggle uh, dealing with worry and anxiety, dear Lord. And I pray, God, that you would help me to learn from your word, to grow in your word, to find strength and comfort in your word. God, maybe there are others in this room that deal with anxiety and stress and worry. And God, I pray that you would just help them to overcome that, to be freed of that through uh, the power of Jesus Christ, dear Lord, that through Jesus' words today that we would find comfort, that we would find strength, that you would help us to overcome the, the fears, the worries, the anxieties, the stresses that weigh us down, dear Lord. And I pray that you just would hide me behind the cross, dear Lord. And I pray 
that you would speak a mighty work through me today, dear Lord, because I'm incapable of, of, of speaking good enough on this subject and this topic. But God, I believe your word is truth. So God, I pray that you would help, help me to preach that truth and help me to hear that truth and help me to live that truth. And I pray that for each one of us that's in this room today. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Jesus says here as he's talking about anxiety and worry and telling us, look, don't worry about these things. Look at how God takes care of the rest of creations and know that you are of more value than those things. Now, oftentimes, not always, but on some instances, that may be the cause of our anxiety and our worry. It may very well be that we have a low self-esteem or that we don't have a very high value of ourselves. We don't think we are very valuable. Now, this may not be a problem for some, and it may be a big problem for others. Some have no problem with self-esteem. They don't have low self-esteem. They, uh, they don't think of themselves as, as worthless. They, they recognize that they are not worthless, that they are created in the image of God. But for others, the struggle is real, that struggle of feeling worthless, that struggle of feeling uh, that you really don't have any value, that you can't do anything right, that you're not as good as other people. For some, that struggle is real. And with, with any sin or any struggle that we have in our life, it may be hard for us to understand that if we haven't gone through it. For those who experience that and feel worthless and feel useless, uh, that's a real struggle. Uh, and for those who haven't, you can't understand it. But uh, the same is true for any struggle that we have. Uh, for one who struggles with alcoholism, that's something that I can't relate to personally because that's not a struggle for me. And you could come up with lots of examples of things that you may struggle with or others may struggle with. And, and we may look at things that others struggle with and say, why don't they just get over that? Or why don't they just overcome that? Well, it's not that easy. Whatever your struggle may be, you know it's not that easy. Because if you think for just a little while, you can probably come up with something in your life. Something that you want to overcome. And you know you can overcome it. And you know you have through Jesus Christ. But boy, sometimes you just have a hard time. You feel like it's attacking you. You feel like it's coming down on you. And there are some things, no matter how much you want to overcome them, boy, it's just a struggle. And whatever your struggle is, know that other people have similar struggles. It may not be the same as yours, but it's a struggle just uh, similarly. And just as you struggle, so do other people struggle. And this is one of those struggles that we see in Scripture. There are lots of struggles. There are lots of things that we deal with. There are lots of sins that we are up against. And uh, anxiety and worry is just one in a list of many. But that's the one that Jesus is talking about today and that we're focused on. And Jesus, one of the things he's using to combat the struggle is to, is to remind the listener of their value to God, that we are worth more to God than the rest of God's creation that he takes care of. And if he takes care of the rest of his creation, how much more so will he take care of you and I? Now, I would, I would venture to say that, that maybe some pastors, myself for sure, maybe others, uh, we may not preach on our value enough. Maybe that's something that pastors are guilty of. We, we preach on the fact that we are wretched sinners. We preach on the fact that God is a gracious and merciful God. And both of those things are, too, are true, but, but, but in the middle of those two things, there's something else. There's a beautiful relationship that takes place a beautiful relationship that, that, that really grows to its fullest 
when one, we realize that we are valued by God, and two, we value God. Now, it's true that we're sinners. We cannot deny that fact. But we don't want to get caught up on just that fact because the Bible tells us much more than the fact that we are sinners. Yes, it does tell us that. But it also tells us these beautiful little nuggets of truth. And that is that we are valued by God. That we are loved by God. And sometimes maybe we forget that. Even though we know that's true, even though we know that's in Scripture, maybe we don't think about that enough. Maybe uh, as a pastor I don't preach that enough. Maybe there is sometimes uh, that, that we begin to focus too much on our sin and, and we know that God is gracious, but we forget that somewhere in the middle of that is a relationship that God desires to have with us. And as I was studying this week, and, or yesterday in particular, and I was thinking about what does it mean for something to have value? What, what is value? What determines the value of something? And I was sitting in my office, and I was trying to come up with a way that I could think now. Now, how do, you, how do you come up with value? We think about money when we think about value. We think about what something is worth, what we can buy something for, what we can sell something for. But when we really dig into value, I, only, I came up with one thing that determines the value of something, and we'll get into that in a moment. But I was thinking, what are, what are some things and some values through the years that have changed that help us to understand how value is not a static thing, but it can go up or down in a moment? Uh, now, we probably all have uh, a dollar bill somewhere in our wallet or somewhere laying around the house, and this is simply a piece of paper. Now, we say the value of this is $1 because that's what's printed on it, but, but even the value of a dollar is not what it used to be. Even when we say a dollar is worth a dollar, that still doesn't mean that it's as valuable as it once was because values tend to change throughout the years. As I was sitting in my office yesterday and I was eating my new favorite chips as I was thinking about value and I was trying to think, boy, what's a, what's a way maybe to help us understand what value is? I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to go get a Coca-Cola and I'm going to see how much that costs. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, man, being a pastor is hard, eating chips and drinking Cokes, but that's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make for y'all. So I went to the store, and I went inside, and I got me an ice-cold Coca-Cola Classic. And do you know how much it cost? It cost $2.13. Now, that's a lot for a Coca-Cola Classic, because some of you remember when a Coke was $0.05. Cents. I stopped by. After I went and got my Coke, I stopped by to see my grandma, and I said, hey, what's the cheapest you ever remember a Coke being? She said, well, when I was a kid, I used to go to the cafeteria, and this is what I had for lunch. Just about a, a lot of days, I'd get a Coke like this, and I'd put some peanuts in there, and I said, well, how much does a Coke like that cost? She said, it cost a nickel. Now, that was 85 years ago, and you could get a Coca-Cola for a nickel. That means you could get 20 Coca-Colas for $1. And nowadays, it takes $2 to get one Coca-Cola. Now, the dollar bills are still the same as they were all those years ago. But the value has changed. The value is not what it once was. Values go up and down. Now, some of you may be saying, boy, I wouldn't pay $2 for a Coke. That's outrageous. But, but you may pay $2 for a Coke if the conditions were right. Maybe if you had just ate, you had just drank, and you weren't very thirsty, 
Coke wouldn't be of very much value to you. But perhaps if you had been in the desert for a couple of days and hadn't had anything to drink, the value of that Coke may be a lot more. You may pay $5 for it. You may pay $100 for it. You may pay $1,000 for it. You see, when we think about what the value of something is, there's a lot to be considered in that. We, we can go somewhere and we can see price tags on things. We can see what somebody wants for it, what somebody is hoping to get. We even know what we have paid for things. And when we try to sell things, we may even allow that to play into our mind as to what the value of something is. But those things don't really determine what the value of something is. Now, we may think, okay, how do we determine what something is worth? We may think, well, what kind of condition is it in? Now, if you go to buy anything, whether it be a car or whether it be a gun or whether it be a piece of electronics, you probably look at that and say, okay, well, has it been wrecked? Is it scratched up? Does it work right? Is the screen cracked? And we look at all of these things and, and we look at the condition of something and we may be tempted to say, well, the condition will determine the value. But that's not really what determines the value. Because there are plenty of things that people buy that are in horrible conditions. I see car shows and videos where there are cars that have been sitting in the field for years. And they are rusted and they don't run, they don't crank. And there's another car sitting right next to it uh, that you could buy that runs and cranks, but it's only worth a fraction of the amount. So the, eval uh, the, 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 uh, the, the value cannot be determined by the condition of something. Because there are lots of people that buy things that are in bad condition, but yet they're willing to pay a lot of money for them. It's not even determined by the performance of something. Again, we can use cars as a good illustration here. We look at cars and trucks that are powerful, that have a lot of horsepower, that have a lot of torque, that are able to go fast, that are able to pull heavy loads. But a value is not determined necessarily by performance because there are lots of cars and trucks that can't go fast, that can't tow heavy loads, but yet people will still pay for these things. And sometimes people will pay a lot of money for these types of things. Value of something is not even really determined by its rarity. Something may be rare or we think something is rare, and there may be some things that are rare that people don't want to buy. There may be other things that are rare that are not worth much money and some that are worth a lot of money. Even the rarity of something does not determine what its value is. There is only one thing that determines the value of something. The value of something is determined by how much somebody will pay for it. It's just that simple. The value of something is determined by how much somebody will pay for it. Now, you may look at this Coca-Cola and you may say, I'll give you a dollar for it, which is a good value. But there may be somebody else that walks in that door and they would give me $10,000 for it. And you may say, well, that Coke ain't worth $10,000. But I would say it is. If somebody would give me $10,000 for this Coke, then it is worth $10,000. There are lots of things that we may like to have, that we may want to have, that we may want to sell, and we may put this big price tag on. Well, this is how much this is worth, and we list it for sale, and guess what? You don't get a single person that wants to buy it. You lower the price. 
You don't get a single person that wants to buy it. I just sold some old wheels and tires from my truck a few months back. I knew what I thought their value was, and I kept putting them online, and I got no response. And I would lower the price, and I got no response, until eventually I practically gave those things away. And I said to myself, boy, they were worth more than that. But they weren't. Because nobody would pay the price that I thought that they were worth. The value was not determined by the condition that they were in, which was great condition. It was not determined by the fact that they weren't very old. It was not determined by the fact that if you went and bought them brand new, that's how much they were cost. The, the, the value of those wheels or anything in life was determined by the price that somebody would pay for it. And Jesus tells us in this passage here, he says, look. Look at what God has made. Look at how God provides for his creation. Look at the birds of the air. Look at the grass of the field. Do you not know that you are more valuable than those things? If God takes care of those things, how much more so will he take care of you? Do you know that you are of value to God this morning? Now, sometimes we may not think we are very valuable. Sometimes, boy, we may give in to the attacks of the devil that, that make us think that we are worthless, that we don't look good enough, that we don't act good enough, that we don't, we don't stack up with other people. We don't have the gifts. We don't have the abilities. We don't have the talents. We're not pretty enough. We're not smart enough. And all of these things will play into our mind, and we will think that we are useless that we are worthless, that we are of no value. And obviously, Jesus recognizes that that's a cause for some of our worry and anxiety. And perhaps as pastors, perhaps as Christians, we don't spend enough time talking about the fact that we are valued by God. Now, I just said that the only way the value of something is determined is by how much somebody will pay for it. So how do we know that we are valued by God? How do we know that God loves us, that God cares for us, that God is going to provide for us? How do we know? How can we be sure? How can we know that Jesus' words are true and that we are valued by God? We can know that we are valued by God because of the price that he paid for us. He paid the highest price that could possibly be paid for you and I. He paid with Jesus Christ, his one and only son, so that you and I could be forgiven. It's not based on our condition. We were in bad condition, right? We were sinners, but God said, look, I love you anyway. It's not based on the fact that a human being is that rare. There are billions of human beings that's been throughout the history of the planet. It's not based on our performance. We don't always perform good. We don't always look good. And there are lots of other people just like us. And none of those things determine what our value are. Our value is determined by the fact that God said, I want you. I love you, and I will pay the highest price possible to get you. I wonder sometimes the temptations that Jesus may have had. I can only imagine that perhaps the devil would have tempted Jesus by reminding Jesus of our lack of performance, of our lack of ability 
of our sinfulness. But Jesus proved that he loved us and he proved our value by saying, nope, I'm going to die on the cross to him. We might have not been of much value to the enemy, but we were of great value to the Lord. God desires us. He desires to be with us. He desires for us to be with Him. We need to know that God values us, that God loves us, and we need to value God, a good and loving and gracious God, who when He paid the price for us, our value does not decrease based on our performance. You see, in the world, we look at things and we, we apply value to them based on their condition and based on the way they perform. But that's not what God does for us. He does not look at you and say, you're not performing well. Boy, I don't, I don't love you the same. Boy, you're not as valued, valuable to me. Now, I'm, I'm looking to get rid of you. Boy, I wish I could find somebody, off to, somebody else to sell you off to. That's not how God works. Our value to God is not based on our performance. It's based on Jesus Christ. He knows that we are sinners. He knows that we are weak. He knows that there are times that we are going to struggle and that we are going to fail. And God said, I love you enough that I'm still going to give my son Jesus Christ. That's how much I value you. And your value doesn't decrease just because you sin. Now, that doesn't mean that God likes it. I'm not saying that God is okay when we sin. But I'm telling you that God still loves you, that God is still there with open arms, that God has still paid a price for you, and one day He is going to collect you for all of eternity if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. We have received, the Scripture says, as a down payment, the Holy Spirit who is within us if we keep our faith in Jesus Christ. And we have been sealed with the Spirit as our down payment. And do we not think God will come through? Do we not think God will complete the transaction? Do we not think that one day we will be with God if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ? We can bank on it because God's word tells us so. God didn't pay such a price for us to abandon us, to lose us. He paid such a price for us so that we would be his. You are valued by God. You have value. Don't just listen to that because I'm telling you. Listen to that because Jesus is telling you that. Sometimes we need to hear the voice of Jesus to cut through the voice of the enemy who will tell us we are worthless and we are not good enough and we are too weak. But through the midst of all that, we need to be in God's Word and let the voice of truth of Jesus Christ cut through all of the lies and say, you are valuable to me. I love you. I gave my life for you. I paid the price for you. Look at the price I paid. It shows that you are valuable. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19 says, For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from the Father's. Not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect, defect or blemish. What a beautiful reminder. We talked last week from 
Mark chapter 10, where it says that Jesus uh, gave his life as a ransom for many. He gave his life as a payment for us. He made a payment to show how much we are valued. And as Peter says here, not a payment that can be measured with dollar bills, with gold or silver or things of the world, but a payment that can only be measured by the thing that's the most precious in this world, and that is the life of Jesus Christ, who gave his life for your life. Don't you know that you are more valuable than the birds of the air and the grass of the field? Don't you know that if God is with them and provides for them, that God will be with you and provide for you? In 1 Corinthians 6.20, it says, You were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Now, the fact that we were bought with a price should be a good reminder to us of how much God loves us, of how God wants us to live, of what... God's value, uh, how God values us. And we need to value God. And we need to view God as a loving God and a gracious God and a God who wants to see us succeed, not fail. Now, I know the scripture says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and there should be a fear of the Lord there. But we also need to recognize that God is not a God who wants to see you fail. He is not a God who is waiting on you to mess up so he can say, See, I knew it. I knew you were going to do that. You're of no value to me. That's not the God we serve. That may be the God that the enemy puts into your mind, but that's not the God that you and I serve. We serve a God who starts a good work in us through Jesus Christ and sees it through to completion. We see a God who gave his one and only begotten Son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We serve a God who values us, and we serve a God who values us on our good days and on our bad days. And on our bad days, he waits for our return. He looks for us to come back to him. When we are wandering in the desert, when we are wandering in our anxieties and fears and our sins, God wants us to come out of that desert. He wants us to come to him. He wants to provide for us in a way that we will be taken care of. He wants to remind us of his value every day. And we need to be reminded of that, and I believe that's what Jesus says. Right in the midst of all of this good stuff, and there's some good stuff in this passage, but Jesus says, don't you know? Don't you know what your value is? Don't you know that God values you more than all of the rest of creation? Don't you know that God loves you? Don't you know that Jesus loves you? Well, if you don't know it today, I want you to know that you're valuable. Not because of anything that we do, but because of everything that Jesus did. And I hope that we are following him and trusting him today. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning and we thank you for these good words. And God, I pray that you would help us to recognize our value in your eyes, dear Lord. We may not feel valuable in our eyes because we are ever aware of our, of our weaknesses, of our sins, of our anxieties of our worries dear lord and sometimes those things get the best of us but i pray god by the power of jesus that you would help us to be freed from those things god i pray that you would help us not to feel condemned by the enemy not to feel worthless but know that god through jesus christ we have value and you show how much you value our life and value us god because of the fact that you gave your son because of the fact that jesus gave his life 
So God, I pray that if there's one in this room that's struggling with, with self-worth, with uh, not feeling that they're valuable, dear Lord, with low self-esteem, whatever it may be, dear Lord, you, you know that we struggle with those things sometimes. And I pray, God, that you would just bring deliverance. I pray that you'd bring joy. I pray that you'd free us from our anxieties and our worries. God, if they're not here today, there's probably going to be a day that they do come. So help us to remember these words. And God, help us to trust in the fact that you love us and that you value us to give us the strength and encouragement to overcome those things. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.